The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited. The show is about crime and technology. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton, and I am your host this morning. Sometimes we have Susie Carpenter on with us, but she's off doing another project today, so she isn't with us. I want to talk about something that's extremely controversial, and I've been sorting through this in my heart all week about whether or not I want to do this. But I do, and I want to talk about the issue of immigration because it's really huge in the news today. Uh, As you know, uh, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions is down at the border and, and is closing the border and like that. And this administration is taking a whole new approach to immigration and and specifically illegal immigration. And it's extremely controversial. And so I thought, well, that's kind of gutsy waiting into that deal. <laughs> Let's hope I don't get shot <laughs> anyway. But I just want to give you a different perspective on it because, as all of you know, my background is human trafficking. And quite frankly, a a person who is undocumented is a vulnerable person. And so I'm not going to take a position really about opening and closing the border. That's up to you to make your own decision based on whatever political ideas that you might have on it and I'm not here to convince you one way or the other but I have seen several cases that set a pattern if you will of what happens to people in illegal immigration and quite frankly even in legal immigration I think that there are few people in the world that are as vulnerable as a migrant And that is true whether you're a migrant or a refugee out of Syria, out of Turkey, out of Eastern Europe, uh, or whether that's happening in Honduras, Guatemala, whether it's happening out of Vietnam or Thailand and Myanmar. Uh, I spent the week this week with uh, Stephanie Freed from from, uh, Rafa House, R-A-P-H-A, that's Rafa House. And uh, she just returned from those areas. And so we had a great deal of time to talk about the vulnerabilities involved in migration. So 
As most of you know, my name is Opal, and I work with million kids. That is M-I-L-L-I-O-N. That is because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. You can learn more about us by going to millionkids.org. That's millionkids.org. But what I would highly recommend that you do is go on our Facebook page. You simply go to Facebook, you find Million Kids, and you like us. And look at the cases there. Now, when I look at a case, uh, I can tell that many people who read our website, they basically start out with castrate the blah, 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 and hanging up by his whatever, okay? Uh, or they should get life. And they should. Many of these people really should get life because they have taken a life. Maybe not killed, but literally destroyed a person's future. I want to talk about four specific cases today. Now, quite frankly, you can call in. Uh, I've seen my stats. By the way, I want to tell each and every one of you, thank you for following us. We're up to over 6,000 regular followers at this point, and I truly appreciate you. Uh, The call-in number here in the United States, it's only a U.S. number, is 1-866-472-5788. That is 1-866-472-5788. Now, I understand that most people don't call in because they're listening to this in an archived manner because of different time zones. And by the way, you can get all of these archived shows by going to exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. And if you have a church or a nonprofit, you can contact us and we can arrange that you can have the Exploited Crimes archived shows right there on your own website absolutely free of charge so the idea of this show is to provide 24 hour available free training uh, around the world and for human trafficking so that we don't charge a thing you can get it anywhere in the world and we're encouraging people especially missionaries and people abroad so let me get deep into the subject I attended, what what started this is I attended a law symposium this week, and it was about immigration. And I was really surprised. I was trying to listen to people who had attitudes other than my own on the subject, because while I have my attitude, it is subject to change when I get new information. I'm not some sort of radical. But it was interesting to me that I got to thinking how little people look at this from a perspective of law enforcement. The, usually the attitudes are formed if whether or not you have a migrant uh, individual in your family. And, you know, this whole thing of allowing people in across the border is an interesting aspect. Theoretically, in order to have a nation, you need borders. Other than that, you do not have a defined entity. And countries all around the world have very strict immigration issues. I've been to places like Colombia and uh, places like uh, Maastricht and uh, Netherlands. I mean, they have very strict laws about getting in. But for the longest time now, we've had this idea that it's more humanitarian not to have laws, not to have borders. And I understand the economics of immigration. I really, really do. I mean, quite frankly, if I were a person, that a mother that was raising kids in El Salvador, I would do whatever I had to do to get my kids to the United States. Because in El Salvador, you're either going to belong to a gang or you're going to pay a coyote to get out of there. 
and coyotes are not members of the Chamber of Commerce. So in essence, what you're doing is paying one bad guy to get you away from the other bad guys. And I understand all of the dynamics of that. Now, I would guarantee you if I were one of those people, I'd be trying it. But the truth is you are paying them to come into a country illegally, and you know that. But it is based on the idea that life is better in the United States, and for you, life might be safer. Well, it is safer if you can get here and make it through the system and you have somebody to assist you. But quite frankly, that is a huge, huge risk. And literally thousands of people are being exploited along the way. And one of the things that's really interesting to me as I analyze um, immigration cases is that what is happening here is when a, a migrant, whether they're legal or illegal, becomes exploited, almost always, I'm not going to say 100%, but I have yet to see the case, almost always that person is exploited by someone from their own country, someone from their own ethnicity, oftentimes people from their own village, and many times even women who befriend the family down there take advantage of them. So I want you to hear me out on this because what I'm telling you is really happening here is that people are risking everything they have. They're risking personal safety. They are risking rape. They are risking exploitation to get up here. And then many of these people are being exploited by their own people when they get here. And I'm going to go through several cases of this as we go take through the various segments of this show to talk about that because we don't don't hear about that enough. Now, I'm going to tell you right now I'm biased on this next part of the subject because I work for law enforcement. My name is Opal Singleton. I work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I am funded through the Sheriff Department, the Riverside County Sheriff Department, and the Department of Justice. So I work with groups of men and women who process these cases. And I'm going to tell you that what I heard at that symposium is so far different than what I see that I feel compelled to make sure you all understand it. What I heard at that symposium is that law enforcement everywhere is out rounding up migrants whether they're legal or illegal, and deporting them. And maybe it will come to that under this new administration. I don't know. I'm not part of it. I don't have a dog in that race. I don't have a, you know, I'm not in that fight. But here's what I do know. The Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force gives out U visas and T visas to get people to cooperate and to assist them so they won't be exploited by their own people once they get to America. And I have never once seen them deport anybody. I actually heard an official this week say that migrants can't go to ER because they're deporting them right from ER. Well, my husband just passed away, and I just spent the last three months going in and out of ER. I never saw one ounce of border activity in the Riverside County Hospital or Riverside City Hospital. So I'm not going to tell you it never happens. Maybe it's happened to you, and I don't know about that. And if it has, you can tell me. 
But what I see are men and women, and yes, some of them are Mexican, and some of them speak Spanish, and some of them are Mexican women. And they go undercover, and they go out in the, the dark at night while you and your family, whether you're legal or illegal, here in the United States, are sleeping tightly in your bed. These people go out in the middle of the night to find those people who are exploiting your people. They don't ask, are the people you're exploiting documented or undocumented? They put their lives on the line to go after people. Many of these people are American, Caucasian people who have never, ever once crossed the border. But they still get up in the dark of night and they go out there with the idea of rescuing victims and freeing them from exploitation exploitation that is taking place by other immigrants. So I just want to get that off my chest, okay, because you don't see that in the paper. All you hear about is law enforcement's rounding up. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I heard that. I couldn't believe my ears. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, kudos to these people that are willing to put their life on the line to save someone who came in illegally but they're being exploited. And I really want to drive that home. Many of our cases are gang cases, and they are related to gangs that came up here from El Salvador or Mexico or Guatemala, and they are preying on people from El Salvador, Mexico, and Guatemala in our community. And our guys and our gals get up and go out, and they put their life on the line to keep those people safe. And I think it's time that somebody said that, and it's going to be me. So if you disagree with that, you are free to call in. What I'm going to do in the next segment here is I'm going to go through four cases, and I want you to see just how vulnerable a migrant is and why it's important that we find a way to end this kind of exploitation. Because when they come up here, whether they come here legally or illegally, many of these cases, people are coming in on work visas or student visas. They're coming in legally, but they have their documents removed and they're being exploited. So my name is Opal Singleton. This show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against a hard break and we will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, 
video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited. We are talking about the issues related to immigration because it is a big hot button right now. You're hearing a lot because of the border wall activity taking place under this administration. And this show is not particularly here to take a position on whether they should open and close the border. But I will tell you what I know has happened in the last administration is that we had quite a porous border. And what was happening there is that people were coming in Uh, And if they were under the age of 18, they were being allowed to stay uh, in here and supposedly they met up with family. And what we know has happened is that many young men have come up here from El Salvador, Honduras, and Nicaragua. I can't say that word. Anyway, and uh, they have been allowed to stay because they are classified as children under that Kids Border Act, the, the DACA Act. And what we know has happened is that MS-13, Mara Salvatrucha, has allowed many of their young men to migrate up here with the idea of setting up gang rings across the nation. Now, not everyone who's coming up here is a bad person, and I want to make that very, very clear. There are many good people who are trying to escape the violence in their homeland. However... Along with them, they are putting in MS-13 guys. And one of the things that's always unique to me is that you're paying a coyote to get up here, and nobody notices that there are not busloads of coyotes going home. In fact, they have quietly set up cells of MS-13 all across America. They have them now in Joplin, Missouri. They have them in Wichita, Kansas. I trained in Anchorage, Alaska. They have MS-13 there. They, they have come in with the good guys, and they have set up cells for the purpose of recruiting other young people into MS-13. And many of the people they're recruiting are the very people who are coming up here to get away from them in El Salvador. So we haven't solved a problem, we've relocated a problem, and it is starting to affect our world up here. 
Now, I want to make something very clear. There are many good people who came up here that want the American dream and are going to pay the price and do it. And I know some of those people and I admire them. But we cannot turn a blind eye to the people who came up here and pretend that they were all wonderful people. We know they're not. Here's the case. The headline is from Columbus Dispatch. And the headline is, Four Accused of Trafficking Slave Labor at Egg Farms. And this is from last year. <clears throat> Actually, as time is passing. This is from 2015. I Still in 2016, I think. Excuse me. <clears throat> so here's what's happening. Is you have young men who have come up here for the American dream. They have been recruited by other Uh, I don't know if they're El Salvadorian. I'm not quite sure where they're from, but let me give you their names. One of them is uh, Castillo Serrano from Pecos, Texas. One is Salgado. One is Ana Angelica Pedro Juan. One is Juan Pablo Duran. And these people were recruiting victims that were coming in in the Border Kid Act. The victims were two adult men and eight children, and they were taken to Ohio on the promise that they would have a job and that they would get to go to school. So I want to make something very clear here. You have people of the same ethnicity recruiting people who they knew were to be vulnerable. Now, we have this idea that once they get here, they're safe and they get to live the American dream. But that doesn't always happen, and it's not, it's not announced. It's not uh, made obvious here. These people were taken off to a farm, which is called Trillium Farms. Now, the court has judged that Trillium Farms is somewhat innocent in this because they didn't know that it was happening. At least they're not having to carry the charges. Uh, they, it was... Uh, subcontracted is what was happening and this is usually how it happens in agriculture is that a large farm will subcontract with other suppliers in this case the farm uh, housed over 10 million chickens which produced 5 million eggs a day looks like to me half the chickens were taken the day off but anyway <laughs> that's neither here nor there but here's my point you have a large farm that's contracting out and subcontracting, and they were engaged in uh, exploitation. The men and women were charged for recruiting people, families from Guatemala as early as 2011. These people were li- forced to live in rundown and unsafe trailers. They were forced to work 12 hours a day. This is called labor trafficking, sometimes seven days a week. They were forced to clean out chicken coops all day long, load and unload the chickens, and de-beak them and vaccinate them. They often had to do their jobs even when they were injured. Those who had been trafficked were forced to live in isolated trailers, and they ran part of a smuggling rings. And so what would happen here is if the workers refused to cooperate with those running the ring, they were threatened with their lives. One was told that if he, if he didn't keep giving money to his trafficker, his mother would lose her hands. Now, here's what I want you to understand. 
they were recruiting not only adults, but they were recruiting many of these border kids who were guys who were 14 years old under the promise that they were going to go to school. So here's what happened. American law enforcement found this out. And American law enforcement, of all ethnicities, I'm sure, went out in the dark at night and they did what they needed to do to investigate that case and charge foreign exploiters who were exploiting people from their own country. They were threatening them. They were threatening their family back home. They were forcing them to work all hours, and they were taking their money. And these were kids. Many of them were males who were 14 years old. Now, I point that out because we often don't talk about labor trafficking, and we don't talk about males who are exploited. But I think that that's very important that we take a look at this. I also want to look at another uh, case here that has to do with a cantina. Now, I've talked about this case before, and I probably am not going to get completely through it in this segment, but I want to start it. This is an operation that was run out of Houston, Texas. The mastermind was a woman called Hortensia Medelis, I guess, Arguello. I can't say all these names. I'm obviously a gringo. But for, for convenience, we'll call her Hortensia. Now, what she was doing is she had an entire ring of people reporting to her, and she ran a cantina. Many of these people were relatives of hers, and many of these people had relatives down in Mexico. And they would use women to go into families and tell them, hey, I have a friend who runs a cantina, and I can get you a job working for her as a waitress. And you can make good money, and you can get into an American school, and you'll come in under the Border Act, the Kids Border Act, the DACA Act, and we will set that up so that you can begin to get schooling. Now, think about these poor people down there in their home country. I believe in this case it was Mexico, but oftentimes it's Guatemala or El Salvador. And what they would do is they would come in and befriend the mom, and the mom would say, oh, yeah, she can go. And, you know, she's going to, our aunt, our friend of an aunt is going to get her a job. So listen to this. In this case, there were 12 victims that actually came forward and testified. Now, you and I both know that if one of these people is going to come forward and testify against this, this was horrendous conditions. Because if you're in there and you're testifying against the cartel, your life can become very painful. And that is some of the challenge for our law enforcement to make these cases. Because they understand that it's difficult and their lives are in danger if they testify against their captor. But if they don't, How are we ever going to make a legal case against them and help them? Well, it is in those cases that our team gives U visas and T visas in this. In this case, Hortensia was charged um, in there. There was a 10-day trial, and she was convicted there of commitment, commitment to sex trafficking, conspiracy to harbor aliens, aiding and abetting to commit money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. It is almost always about the money. I failed to mention here just how much money all of these people are making. There were a lot of women and children these people were uh, 
recruiting from their home countries. In this case, the money went to purchase 15 real properties, that's real estate, and they had value of over $2.5 million. By the way, that will be forfeited to the United States. But they were doing this, they were buying this real estate with sex trafficking proceeds. The testimony revealed that the pimps were recruiting the young girls by convincing them that they were in love. In other words, it looked like they had a new boyfriend who was going to take them to the United States or making threats to their family. That is very, very common. That is one of the challenges of dealing with immigration and with people from especially Mexico, El Salvador, Honduras, and like that. In Southern California, 85% of Mexicans have family on both sides of the border. And the cartels there and the cartels here, and they will threaten the family back home. And you have to understand just how serious that is. One victim detailed the horrific conditions she faced at the hands of the defendants, being forced into having sex at age 14 after she came to this country in search of a better life. She described how she was forced to comply with demands at gunpoint and locked in a room. She was impregnated by a customer and was moved to another area of the bar because she wasn't worth as much because she was pregnant. Tetra made more than $1.6 million in 19 months by supplying the upper floor of the cantina for prostitution. That is big, big money. I'm going to go into the details of this, but I want you to one more time realize what is happening here. People from their native country are preying on people who are exploited from the same country. They come to America to get away from the exploitation, and they're being exploited by their very own. This is Opal Singleton. The show is Exploited Crimes and Humanity, and we'd ask you to stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? 
Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are in the middle of analyzing a case that had to do with Hortensia uh, Arguello. I can't say her name, Arguello. Anyway, this case is a case of a cantina down in Houston, and it was running a huge sex trafficking ring. Many of them were family members. Some of them were from Mexico, and what they were doing was sending people into Mexico, recruiting innocent young people. Many of them were only 14 years old, and they would bring them up here on the promise that they could work as a bus girl or as a waiter at the cantina. Many of these appeared to be family friends. And once they got here, they were forced into horrendous conditions. They were put into a brothel, a cantina, where they were forced to service people all day long. Now, this is going to get a little heavy duty. And as we said, this show is for adults. But I want to point out something to you. Oftentimes in migrant trafficking, there is kind of a unique element. You see, we're all kind of naive out here if we're not part of this world. And we say, okay, we got to go after the John. We have the guy who's buying the sex. And we got And we all think that there's some sort of, you know, uh, guy in a suit who's, uh, you know, middle class that's married with three kids. And, and uh, I, I even had one tell me the other day they were all white guys who were Republicans. I'm like, we don't ask. We don't know if you're Republican or Democrat. And most of them aren't wearing suits, okay? When we, I, we know these people who get arrested, and every now and then out here in California, we actually put their picture in the paper. But what is happening here is I read a line, and I kind of went over it because of the interest of time. I want to revisit it. This is a 14-year-old who had come to this uh, country in search of a better life. She was uh, described how she was forced to comply with the man's at gunpoint and locked in a room. Now, most of us are going to read over that line and go on and go, ooh, that's bad. No, I want you to stop a minute. I want you to get the vision of what migrant trafficking looks like. This is taking place in a cantina and in the upper floor and the entire family's in on it. Now, you've been recruited by a friend of the family. You think you're going to be a waitress. And now you're up here and you're caught in a sex trafficking ring. Who do you trust? Because everybody there works for Tensha. Everybody there is being paid off. Her brother here operated the parking lot. It was part of his job to notify co-conspirators that inside the cantina of any law enforcement pres- uh, presence in there. Her sister was told to lock the doors when she realized law enforcement was coming. Uh, there's another guy in here who was paid 20000 a week out of the money uh, in order to be able to operate the cantina and the hotel part of it. 
Another guy was paid to get the false and fraudulent identifications to employees. So as you can see, who do you report to? How do you tell? How do you get free? You're a 14-year-old girl who got lured in, and now they are forcing you to have sex at gunpoint. So I want you to stop and think what that means as far as the guy who's purchasing the sex. You know, this is not pretty woman we're talking about here. What we're talking about is a cartel who's in the room with this girl with a gun while you're paying to have sex with her. I believe that it's possible that some of the people who are having sex with her weren't necessarily doing that voluntarily. We have read in many of these cases that when these migrant girls get caught up in these sex trafficking rings like this, they are often forced to do 20 and 30 victims a day. Folks, I don't know how you ever recover from that emotionally. First of all, you can die like that. You can hemorrhage like that. But second of all, you know, how do you, where do you go in your mind? How do you keep from just going crazy? There was another member, her daughter was actually involved in this, who was negotiating cashier's checks for her mother and her sister, and they were using that to buy the real estate. One of the other persons, uh, Guadalupe Lugo, also known as Lupe, she was 58, worked as a manager overseeing the female workers as well as the employees. Her sisters were involved in this. Do you get the idea now about what migrant exploitation looks like? Now, I want to reiterate one more thing on this. Somewhere along the line, American law enforcement, and I don't know if they were Mexican, if they were Guatemalan, if they were Cuban, if they are Caucasian, but they put their life on the line. Somebody somewhere got free and reported it. Actually, according to the story, the 14-year-old who became pregnant and was resigned to the bar was able to communicate to a customer and he was able to help her get free. But just think how dangerous that was for that girl. I mean, this must have been horrific to take that chance. She's pregnant and she has a customer. But if you're taking on customers at gunpoint sometimes, you don't know but what that customer is one of the other relatives or part of the ring. So how do you take a chance to tell somebody to get free? Somewhere along the line, she got free and a Caucasian or an American law enforcement officer believed her. And they took the chance of starting to penetrate that ring, going against these people, starting the undercover investigation, and beginning to break that ring. And I just think that there is not enough effort being made in America to recognize just how scary this is, how vulnerable those people are that are migrants, whether they're legal or illegal. I mean, some of these people could have come in legally. And certainly if you come in legally, you're not as vulnerable as if you come in undocumented. I give you that. However, you're still vulnerable. And what you are doing are trusting those people of your own kind. It is what we all do. It is human nature. I am not being critical of that. I am saying it is what it is. And we, before we start taking off on this legal or illegal, closing it or opening the border, all I'm asking you to do is stop and look at this from a humanitarian point of view. 
no human being, no 14-year-old girl or 14-year-old male should ever be subjected to this kind of exploitation. I don't care if you're north of the border or south of the border. I don't care if your skin's darker or lighter. I don't care. In the two cases I've read you already, one were boys being violated on the egg farm, on the chicken farm, and one was girls. In both cases, they were legitimate people trusting their own kind, perhaps even other family members who were violated by their own people. And they were rescued and freed because American law enforcement put their life on the line and went out and did something about it. And the court system listened. And they were convicted by a jury of their peers. And I applaud that system. There's not enough of that being done. Not enough. Now, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if this is going to change, if they build a wall and all of that sort of thing. I don't know. That isn't the subject. The subject is they're here. And even though they got here, nobody's talking about when you get here, some of the people are exploited by the people back home. I want to look at two more cases because these are cases not related to south of the border, but rather in other foreign countries. I'm probably not going to get clear through this case, but let's start it. This headline is called Mastermind, a Prostitution Rain Pleads Guilty. And this is the case of Jerry Wang. Now, this has been on me and Kids' Facebook page on a regular basis, thanks to Susie. She has been following this. And these, this is a Chinese prostitution ring that took place up in, outside of L.A., up in Camarillo and up in Ventura. It started, although it covered much of Southern California. And it's a, a case that I've talked about a little bit before. I'm very, very proud of American law enforcement because they went after this. When you go on Backpage, you know, each ethnicity thinks they're the most violated. If I talk to African Americans, they think they're the most violated. I talk to Latinas, they think they're the most violated. But if you go on Backpage, you will often see that Asians of all ethnicities are extremely violated in sexual exploitation. Many of your massage parlors are operated by either Chinese, Vietnamese, Cambodian, uh, uh, Korean, and like that. Wang was a Chinese national that had come to the U.S. I believe he was here legally, and he set up a prostitution ring. He ended up forcing 28 Chinese women. Now, I'm going to tell you as law enforcement, what we're finding is that if they were able to go to court with 28 of them, there's probably twice as many as that that they didn't take to court. This was a huge operation. They Before it was over, they actually were operating over 50 different bank accounts and nine different financial institutions. They had his sister who was charged And she was uh, the one that was laundering the money. Now, was she complicit? Did she know? I don't know. But she was charged in here, and she was forced to pay back almost $100,000 for false tax returns. So she knew what she was doing was illegal. She was buying real estate and then selling real estate to launder that money. 
There was also another lady that was actually running, Defeng Hu, and I may not be saying that right, but she acted as the dispatcher in this, and she was charged with 13 felony counts, including human trafficking, pimping, and uh, money laundering, and false tax return. But here's my point. They were bringing in these Chinese girls, many of them legally, who thought they were coming over here to work or go to school, And these girls were being exploited by their own Chinese people. They thought they were coming in, that they would be okay, and they were being exploited. They were put out into hotels and massage parlors across Southern California and forced to turn that money over to their own people. This is absolutely huge to understand this. We're up against our break, so stay with me. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back. We are talking about migration, immigration, and uh, the plight of migrants who get to America. And it's kind of an interesting thing. If you listen to the news, all you hear about is you know, the American dream and how the migrant gets here and they're really wonderful people and the family takes them in and everybody's successful. And I can tell you, I know many people that fit that model and I admire them greatly. uh, And I believe that we do need to have laws that we obey, including federal laws and border laws. I have mixed emotions about what's going on, but I know from my experience that people who come in illegally and many of the people who come in legally that are brought in by their own people, 
the people that get exploited are exploited by their own people. So there's this unique phenomena that I really want people to understand. We have been talking about the Jerry Wang case where he ran a large-scale prostitution ring. And A-Rod, the uh, uh, sound producer here that's working with me and I were talking, it is interesting how we kind of gloss over the issue of the Asian population being exploited in sex trafficking. If you look at a lot of those sites, if you go to Las Vegas, if you look on pages like Backpage and Craigslist, many of them are um, Asian uh, uh, origination. Now, of course, that's, that's kind of a broad stroke because we know there are many Asian ethnicities. And so we have a tendency to, to lump them all together. But if you look at a lot of your massage parlors, you will see that a lot of them will be Chinese or Vietnamese or Cambodian or Korean. And it's an interesting thing where that I believe in the U.S. there's probably not enough work being done to go after these Asian rings. The challenge there is in when you're working with Mexico or um, Guatemalans like that, you can issue a T visa or a U visa and give them the um, person something to work with so that they can stay in the country and testify. The challenge when you're working with the Asian population is some of those countries, not all of them, but some of them are uh, communists. So in this case, like Chinese, you can't offer them anything because our immigration laws say if they get here, they can stay. And so there is no threat of deportation. And so we can't offer them U visas or T visas. But the other thing that makes it difficult in working with these victims is so many of your Chinese girls and even your Cambodian and, and uh Vietnamese girls, they look so young. And it's hard to tell how old they are. I'm jealous, you know, being a Caucasian, we age quicker. And um, so I do think that that's a factor because law enforcement likes to go after and help young victims in there. I want to talk about one more case here because I want to just drive home this point. I talked about it last week uh, when we were talking about live streaming and cyber sex on demand. But it is, in fact, another case of exactly this kind of situation. The headline on this is 11 years in prison for a man convicted of Miami gay Hungarian sex slave ring. And this was a case of where there was a Hungarian ring here where uh, what would happen is they would go back to Hungary and recruit their own people and tell them that they could come over here, they could come in legally, that they would help them get jobs. And they brought their victims to New York. And and then what happened is they put them in cramped apartments and forced them to perform sex acts all day long. All day long, these men were forced to sit in front of a video cam and, if you will, masturbate. I can't even imagine, you know, all the work that's being done in human trafficking to help women and girls. There is not enough work being done to help males, whether they're adults or minors. But what happened here is think about this. You're from Hungary and somebody comes over to you and they say, hey, come on over to America and I'll get you a job. I can get you into school. And you believe them. You have no reason to believe that you are about to be tricked by your own kind. And that is exactly what happened here, is people from Hungary, recruited men from Hungary, 
once they got here, there was an entire ring, okay? They came with the promise of easy money. He was confined to a bedroom in New York and Miami. He was forced to have sex with other men around the clock. His captors raped him. One of the ringleaders sometimes wielded a sword, threatened him and his family back home in Hungary with bloodshed. If he slept with enough Johns, the trafficker might give him extra food or even cigarettes. He says, now it's hard for me to even socialize or be with people. I started drinking heavily to try to forget I lost all my friends. There were two men that were recruited to do this. And I know this is horrific, but I just want to put a different kind of thought process to the idea of immigration. And look at this. I believe that most of these people who get caught up in this are absolutely innocent. I don't have a headline for you, but I know of a case where women from the Philippines, they had nursing degrees in the Philippines. They are told they could come to America and be nurses. They paid as much as $8,000. They came in legally. Once they got here, they were recruited by Philippine women, women who were running Uh, what they call board and care or uh, what we call six-pack homes. These are homes where literally, you know, they're owned by individuals and there are up to six people in a care home. And so they're not as regulated. But what happened to those women when they got here is rather than to be a nurse, they were forced to sleep on the floor. And this happens to both males and females and often from people from Philippines and India. And they're forced to sleep on the floor next to the patient all night. They're not allowed to eat with the rest of the people. They will often withhold food to control these people. And when it's time to get paid, what will happen is they'll say, okay, you worked a 60-hour week. This should be your pay, but you're only going to get $60 because we have to pay off that $8,000 that you promised to pay. And by the way, you have room and board. We've been feeding you. You have a place to sleep, and we even give you a place to shower. And so by the time they deduct everything, they have worked for a month for $60. If they go to complain, they say, hold it. I know your whole family back in your village, and I'm going to hurt your family, and I am going to shame you in front of them, and they will take their passports and withhold them. So here are people who came in legally who are being labor trafficked. I share all that with you because I want us to look differently at this. We must start reporting You know, I understand nobody wants to turn another person in, but we need to provide safe haven for those people who are being exploited, safe haven in a way that they know they won't get deported so that they will report. But we also need to do something about looking into this and making it much more difficult for foreign labor recruiters and foreigners to prey on their own people. We cannot put our head in the sand on this. A person who comes in illegally is a vulnerable person, and many of them get exploited. And some of them who come in legally get exploited. I don't care if you're male or female. I don't care if you're documented or undocumented. 
No human being ought to be exploited. And I want to one more time give a shout out to American law enforcement who go out night after night after night taking on these gangs, taking on these sex trafficking rings that are horrendous, absolutely horrendous, and putting their life on their line to save another human being without ever asking, do you have a piece of paper to say you're legitimate or not? And in many cases, they give T visas and U visas to assist them to stay in the country. I don't see news reports on that subject. And I think it's time that there are some because I am proud to work with these people. My name is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please follow us at Me and Kids on Facebook. You can write to me at opal at meandkids.org. Tell everybody you know about this show, and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.